Hello, my friends. This is April 8, and I welcome you to my Songs and Stories podcast. Take a second today to subscribe, and you'll never miss another story. Today's story is called Quinquillo in the Blue Ribbon. It's episode 27. I like to start out all of my stories with a special little song that goes like this. Oh, ye time-bound travelers, lay down your cares and rest your bones, and I'll tell you a fairy tale that I have come to Today's story is Quinquillo in the Blue Ribbon. Now, my friends, this is a continuation of our story from a few weeks ago, Quinquillo Story Catcher. You could listen to that one first. It's episode 24. Or you could just go ahead and listen to this one and then go back and find out what you missed. Either way, the question is, where did we leave off? If you'll recall in the last story, Quinquillo Storycatcher, our storytelling friend Quinquillo had been walking through the forest of the three kingdoms of Greenbrier, wearing a scarlet cap and a yellow jacket with golden buttons, capturing stories as he went. And now, here is what happens next. Quinquillo strode into the town beside the river with the leaning clock tower, just as the sun was setting. (laughs) Somebody was cooking up a lovely stew. He could smell the scent of potatoes and rosemary drifting through the cool evening air from a window nearby. The cobblestones were hard under his feet after his long walk through the forest, and everywhere he looked There were sheets and clothes hanging on lines strung across the alleys and the side streets. Why, it must be laundry day in the little town by the river with the leaning clock tower. And just then, that clock in the tower began to chime. Bong, 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 bong. The sound resonated through the quiet streets, for everyone was home for dinner. And before Quinquillo could decide which lane to follow and how he might gather some dinner and some listeners together, a young girl came down the lane, skipping her jump rope and singing a song. Fee-fo, fee-fo, fiddle-faddle-fay, who will follow me on this jolly spring day? Pine, a pollywog, a host of sparrows, and a willow. Who do I spy but... Oh, oh, it's our dear Quinquillo. And she grabbed up her jump rope and she ran to greet him. Oh, sir, good evening. How lucky are we? I can't wait to tell my family that you're here. Oh, I can't wait to tell everyone, really. And she clapped her hands together and she giggled with glee. And off she ran, jump rope dragging behind her like a long tail, rattling over cobblestones to spread the word 
of Quinquillo's arrival. Well, that was easy, said Quinquillo to himself. And not but an hour or so had passed before our Quinquillo found himself seated before a warm fire with a fine tasty dinner filling his belly and cheerful town folk all around him waiting for a tale to be told. And here is the story he shared. A tale I tell, a tale I know, a tale that's never been told. But if I can tell it, it must come from somewhere. But where? We may never know. Hmm. There once was a wise old woman who lived at the top of an ancient oak tree. Now, how could a person live in a tree? Well, I'm about to tell you, aren't I? This oak had deep ridges in her bark that grew almost like a staircase that wound from way down at the roots and then all the way up, around and around and around, winding up the tree. And then there at the top, why, quite a fine spot for one table, one chair, one stove, one candle, and one bed. Now, what more could an old woman ask for? For she loved her tree, and her tree loved her. And that is all that matters, isn't it? In the mornings, the birds were singing in the branches, and in the afternoon, the old woman was comforted by the shade of the leaves and the music of the breeze rustling through the branches like a song. And in the evening, the owls stopped by to inquire about her day. Hoo, 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 hoo. Now our old woman had many friends, both up in the tree and down upon the ground, as you can imagine. And one of her particular friends was a mourning dove, whose name was Alice. Alice loved to come for tea at three each afternoon, or whatever time felt like three, for who knows what time it is when you live in a tree. All that matters up there is where the sun sits in the sky or whether the moon is waxing or waning. And those things change just a little bit every day, don't they? Here Quinquillo was interrupted by the voice of a small child, a boy named Ollie. But wait, what do you mean the moon waxes and wanes? What does that mean? And Quinquillo replied, Well, thank you for asking, my boy. I like this question. Well, the moon is waxing when it appears bigger and bigger in the sky each night until it becomes a full moon. Ah, so bright and beautiful he is in all his glory. And then, little by little, we see less and less of him each night. The moon seems to get smaller and smaller until we can just see a little sliver and then none at all. And that's called waning. And then it all starts over again. You know, it takes about a month for the moon to fully wax and wane, and that is why we call a month a month. It comes from the moon. A month is really a month. Month? Month? See how that works? Oh, yes, I do. Thank you, said Ollie. Oh, but then what happened to Alice? Oh, yes, well, I'm about to tell you, said Quinquillo. Down came Alice at her usual time to her usual branch, and the old woman placed Alice's usual china cup of chamomile tea and a freshly baked poppy seed cake that had just come from her oven on a lovely plate on her treetop table. And after their usual greeting, 
Alice came at once to what most concerned her. <laughs> she told the old woman. Oh my, have you asked anyone for help? The old woman asked her sweet friend. And the morning dove cooed, Just you, just you. Oh, I see, said the old woman, for she did not much like to get involved in the social life of birds. It was always quite complicated. But Alice was very dear to her, and so the old woman decided to forego her usual instincts and do what she could to be of assistance to her flighty friend. The trouble was all to do with a blue ribbon. Now, not like the kind of blue ribbon you get when you win a prize at the fair or come in first in a race. Oh, no. This was the kind of blue ribbon that gets tied around a ponytail or sewn along the hem of a favorite skirt. Now, this particular blue ribbon belonged to a young girl whose name was Jemmy. Jemmy happened to be good friends with a very brave and resourceful fairy whose name was Faith. And because fairies and birds are such kindred spirits, any friend of the fairies was a friend of the birds, too. Quinquillo paused in his story to see if anyone remembered the story he told them last time he was in town. Jemmy and the birthday surprise. Wasn't Faith the fairy that uh, found the prince's crown last summer after it was stolen? Asked a thoughtful girl named Carolyn. And Quinquillo nodded and he said, Why, yes, young lady, that's exactly right. You have an excellent memory. And then Quinquillo said, And Jemmy had rescued Faith and helped her find the crown, and that makes Jemmy a good friend of the fairies indeed. But now her blue ribbon had disappeared, and who was going to find it? Now, this particular blue ribbon was important to Jimmy, for it had been given to her on her birthday by her good friend, Elliot. Cooed the morning dove, and the old woman said, Don't worry, Alice, it will be all right. Oh, but I love Jimmy. She's so kind. Every day I outside of her window at sunrise so that she has beautiful music to wake up to in the morning. And every afternoon I watch from the plum tree as she sings her little songs to herself and watches the clouds roll by. She's always moving the snails off the sidewalk so they won't get stepped on. Oh, she's so sweet. And she chats with the butterflies in her neighbor's garden. And the old woman asked, Do you know where Jimmy's blue ribbon might be? Oh, I saw it drop to the ground. It slid out of Jimmy's hair while she was skipping rope in her backyard. And Mrs. Robin, well, she flew down and she she picked it up. Honestly, I think she thought it was a worm. Poor dear, it seems to me that she can't see anything properly. Not a good thing for a robin. I saw her pick it up in her beak and fly away to her nest with it. Oh, Jimmy will never find her ribbon if it's up in a robin's nest. Well, the old woman said, if Mrs. Robin tried to feed a ribbon to her babies, she isn't going to have much luck. 
maybe the ribbon is just sitting in her nest, or maybe it's just laying under the tree. Hmm, who will go and have a look? And at that, the old woman sent out a call for the one creature she knew could get almost anything he was looking for. Now, my friends, the call wasn't really a call at all. It wasn't a sound. No, the call the old woman put out was a message that she sent with her heart, for that's the only thing that anyone ever hears anyway. And pretty soon, wouldn't you know it, who comes ambling up the tree but that old rascally raccoon? Chester Chimbles was his name, and he was still licking the last bit of fish from his fingertips. Hello, ladies, he said. Well, hello, Chester Chimbles. How lovely to see you. How are you this afternoon? asked the old woman. Fine, fine, fine. Nice to see you, dear lady. Not mighty fine snacks swimming around in that water. Hey, and then, well, I just got the feeling that you needed something from me. Is that, is that right? You are so kind, Chester. I thank you for heeding my call. Well, Chester Chimbles, said the old woman, we are in need of a blue ribbon. And not just any blue ribbon, but a particular blue ribbon that might be sitting in a robin's nest. Do you think you'd do us the favor of going up to have a little look in a nest and see if you can find it? Chester Chimbles smiled a bright smile at this. Well, yeah, I'd be glad as could be to sneak up into that bird's nest. And the old lady smiled back at him. Now, Chester, you can't eat any of the baby birds that are up in that nest. And you can't eat the mother bird either. Or anything else along those lines. Do, do you hear me? I'll know if you do. And you know. I'll know. So be a good raccoon and don't eat anything. Yeah, but that's what raccoons do. If I'm being a good raccoon, then I'm eating anything I find. Chester. Just one baby bird. Chester. Yes, ma'am, said Chester Chimbles, defeated. Just a blue ribbon and nothing else. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for your help, Chester. You're welcome. Now, you know why I can sneak up on that robin, right? Because I'm wearing this here mask, said Chester Chimbles, pointing proudly to the mask-like marks that were across his face. Chester, you're a raccoon. You, you always are wearing a mask, said the old woman. Exactly. I'm a man of mystery, said Chester Chimbles. Of course, you are very mysterious, said the old woman, and Chester Chimbles smiled to himself. Now the old woman looked at her bird friend and she said, Alice, will you show Chester Chimbles the tree that Mrs. Robin is nesting in? Of course, said Alice, feeling important. So Alice flew across the woods with Chester Chimbles following her from the ground, trying to think of how he could steal just one baby robin for dinner without the old woman knowing. And he couldn't think of a way. And once they arrived at the tree, Alice cooed and she waved her wing at Mrs. Robin's tree. Chester Chimbles shimmied up that trunk of that tree 
in no time flat. The thing was, our Chester Chimples was no small raccoon. He was really quite an impressive figure, larger than even your very biggest house cat, with thick striped fur and, of course, his daring mask upon his face. Now, Chester Chimbles was not delighted to discover that Mrs. Robin's nest was up very high in the tree, way, way up in the fragile branches where a raccoon of his size couldn't so easily reach. But up he went, the whole tree swaying under his weight, and then out, 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 out on the branch, Chester Chimble wiggled himself carefully, carefully, carefully. And the branch bowed down toward the ground under his weight. And carefully, 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 Chester Chimbles was tip, tip, towing until there, right before him, was Mrs. Robin's nest. With four baby birds, so little and so helpless and looking so delicious, just sitting right there in the nest, peep, 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 they were saying, Mrs. Robin must have flown off for just a little minute to find a worm for them. And as Chester tore his eyes away from the adorably delicious baby birds, he saw the blue ribbon. There it was, woven right into the nest, Jemmy's blue hair ribbon. Oh my, could he get it? Chester Chimbles balanced himself carefully at the edge of the nest, the whole branch swaying from his weight, and he carefully, carefully, carefully leaned out, and he reached his nimble little raccoon hand over the heads of the delicious defenseless baby birds toward the ribbon. Chester Chimbles gave the gentlest tug on the very tip of the ribbon that he barely had grasped in his fingers. And... (sighs) Chester Chimbles hollered his loudest holler as Mrs. Robin pecked him with her sharp beak as hard as she'd ever pecked anything in her life. (gasps) Her babies! She had to save her babies! For Mrs. Robin had come back to find a raccoon. Why, the biggest raccoon she'd ever seen standing over her nest. (gasps) This would never do. Chester Chimbles swung to the left on the branch, and then he swung to the right on the branch, and then, with another startlingly sharp peck from the furious Mrs. Robin, Chester Chimbles lost his balance and fell, head over tail, tail over head, down, 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 down to the ground, where he landed on his feet and, quick as a wink, skittered away.
so much for the blue ribbon. He had not won that day, and he had no interest in ever seeing that ribbon again. Who knew Robin's beaks were so sharp? He lumbered back to the old woman's tree, and he climbed up a little gingerly after his long fall, and he sat on her kitchen table, and he told her and the worried morning dove of his adventures and the exact location of the blue ribbon. Well, the old woman patted his head, and she thanked him for his trouble, and she gave him all the rest of her poppy seed tea cakes. Oh, he gobbled those up in an instant, and he wiped the crumbs from his whiskers, and he checked his mask in her looking glass to make sure it was still on straight. And then he went on his way. See you later, ladies, he said over his shoulder. And just then, little Miss Stella Squirrel jumped down from a high branch where she'd been listening to the whole conversation. And she said, what was that about? And the old lady and the morning dove looked at her and they said, Hmm, Stella, we might need your help. Snip, snap, snout. My tale is all told out. Come back soon and I'll tell you some more of the story of Quinquillo and the Blue Ribbon. Thank you for listening to the April 8 Songs and Stories podcast. Subscribe today and never miss another story. The best places to follow me and my dog, Roxy, are on Instagram at April 8 Songs and Stories and on Facebook.com at April 8. And of course, on my blog, April8.com. And that 8 is always spelled out E-I. G-H-T. And if you'd like to send me an email with a picture you've drawn or a question that you have, I would always love to hear from you. And you can just email me at april at april8.com. How easy is that? And if you and your children are enjoying these tales, please share the April 8 Songs and Stories podcast with your friends and family and take a minute to write a review to help other parents find these stories for their own children. Until we meet again, remember, I love you and you are wonderful just as you are right now. La, la, la.